Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I'm Sean. I'm Sasha. And today we're we're uh, we're celebrating a couple of things. Heck yeah, today, we are today. Well, today, yeah. Th- this will go up the weekend uh, before slash of yeah July first. Yes, before July first, because July first is on a Monday this year. It is, but the beginning of July brings two. Well, one notable world event. I know. Event and another like, one that only Canada cares about. <laughs> no, I was going to say the other one is more of a we're sorry world event. No. It is, though. Are you talking about the great day of birth of Pamela Anderson or perhaps Princess Di's birthday? Uh, those things are better than the other thing that happened on that day. I don't know. Pamela Anderson's kind of off her rocker these days. And yet it's better than the other one. Why are you so mean to me? I run in my room. So it's uh, it's Sasha's birthday. Yay, my birthday! Uh, I'm not singing for you. It's okay. I wasn't expecting that. Good, uh, cause I'll never sing for you. Uh, you say that now, but when we're at the lake next weekend, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. As per my birthday tradition, well, we won't be recording the day this episode comes out because. I go to the lake on my birthday, or the weekend of my birthday. Ta-da! The one lake day a year. (laughs) That's unfortunate for you. The lake is fun. I know, but I just feel like we never make it up there more than that day. (laughs) You know I'm right. So, the main topic today, despite Sasha's protestations that she is most important. Yes, I am most important. Uh, the other, why don't, why don't you uh, reveal to the people the other important world event? So, I don't know if it's an important world event, because I don't even know why it's on July 1st, but <laughs> Canada Day is also on July 1st. I legitimately believed you would have at least looked that oh, up. Oh, no. Me and Canada have had the same birthday for... 30 some odd years and i don't know why canada day is on the first and you've you've never looked up what canada day actually is no (sighs) i just know that'd be really cool to be in canada on my birthday so it celebrates the anniversary of the constitution act cool uh which united the three separate colonies of the province of canada Mm -hmm. nova scotia and new brunswick into a single dominion with the british empire called canada hooray canada day imagine that another fun fact i was supposed to be born on the fourth of july yeah but even america was like no No, she's brown we can't have my mom my mom was the doctor was like i'm gonna be out of town for the fourth of july my mom's like fuck that shit (laughs) i'm gonna be out of town so you're coming early no she was like i don't want some weirdo giving birth to my child so instead she just had me that's what she tells you yeah i assume so uh today what what have you provided for us i provided revel stoke which yes. is a Canadian whiskey. Aha. <clears throat> uh-huh. It is. This is uh, specifically Revelstoke roasted pineapple flavor yes, whiskey. Yes, because my birthday's in July. And you know what? Pineapple is a summertime fruit. Okay. And that's uh, why I picked it. So let's see. Revelstoke. Uh, to the miners of life. Not miners as in O-R-S. E-R-S. Arr. Purveyors I don't know of, why I said R for miners. You're not a, yeah. I got nothing. To the miners of life, purveyors of good times, celebrators of joke and laugh. I would like to point out and laugh was a separate sentence. 
I think they're trying to make it some sort of limerick or haiku or poem. Uh, it's time to think beyond serious, beyond straight faces and snarled lips. There's revelry to be had. Now here in this moment, wherever this moment may be, let's stoke. Uh, can I write that on the, like, Vicky's going away card at work? <laughs> Just that, yes. that blurb from a liquor bottle? <gasps> yeah. Cool. Vicky, this made me think of you. Sorry, I was drinking the water out because we, uh, we're we not heathens. We have our whiskey on ice usually. Yeah. On the rocks. I mean, normally when I'm not drinking in podcast context, I prefer straight. Really? I do. I do. Most I... of the time. There are a couple that I like more on ice. Yeah, I, I like ice. I particularly enjoy scotch on rice. On rice. Ah, <laughs> uh, that seems racist. Okay. Yep, a little bit. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so Revel Stoke roasted pineapple flavored whiskey. Mm-hmm. As this is you for your birthday, I get the first sip. Yeah, tell me. I'm curious what your thoughts are. That is sweet. That's very sweet. Wow, liquid out boozy pineapple. That's that exactly is so what that sweet. Oh, like. and it has like a cough syrup aftertaste. Yeah, which means you're going to hate this part even worse because it's your birthday. Uh-huh. Sasha, I got you something. <gasps> what you give me? And I propose. Was it cough syrup? No, but. <laughs> but oh, no, fuck. I know what this is. As, as this is uh, our own mini tradition and uh, your birthday, but also for in this episode, I think you have to finish this also during this episode. Oh, I know what it is. I'm so unhappy, but at least it's not warm. Bam! Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I have provided with her for her birthday the Bud Light Chilada. And uh, I will read the English blurb. I don't want to try the Spanish one. Aw, boo. Uh, so, Chilada is the perfect balance of Clamato's authentic flavor with the refreshment of Bud Light. Enjoy it straight from the can or make it your own. Uh, this is... Um, Gross. Uh, yeah, what would you call this? The um, like a Bloody Mary minus no class. The, yeah, and vodka, and celery. It's basically Bud Light with tomato juice. Well, clamato juice, which yeah. doesn't it have clams in it? Clamato juice. I don't know. I thought it would say something on the can, and I realized that says now. like, "Don't eat this if you're like are allergic to shellfish." It, it says, uh, "It says do not shake." I want to see if Clamato... I got to I gotta Google it, guys, because I thought Clamato had clams in it. And I, yes. So this is a great big uh, 25 fluid ounce can of Bud Light Chilada. Yeah, it has clams. The original made with Clamato. I don't know if you got me the Clamato one. Clamato scares me. Good. Even better. Spices and dried clam broth. Okay. Hell yeah. You don't, so, have, you don't get one? Nope. That's so for you for your birthday. Last year for my 30th, I was like an hour late to the beach. Yeah, her own party. I was more than an hour late. Uh, and it took a while to get into parking. And my Clamato was warm. So mm-hmm. it was like drinking warm beer tomato soup. Yep. <laughs> so gross. Hey, we all enjoyed them cold. You didn't, you, I didn't see you drink it, so it didn't happen. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, you know why? You know why you didn't see us drink it? Because we were gross. there an hour earlier. You know what I hate about this the most? What? 
the ABV is 4.2%. So I am drinking 25 ounces of liquid to not feel a buzz at all. And that is ridiculous. Fuck well, Clamato. Happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. You look miserable. Yeah, especially if you're in the, I don't know if I can finish this and the whiskey. I'm going to try, though. I'm not a quitter. Never have been. That's why I'm a raging alcoholic right now. Yeah, alcoholics is for uh, for people that need help or want help. Yeah. I don't need any help drinking. No, I don't. <laughs> I do fine right on my own. Let so, me get some water real quick. Despite that the... That clam taste out. Despite the uh, festivities of of this also being Sasha's day... We are discussing, I think it's semi a free form topic for Canada. Yes. Just anything related to history and Canada. Yes. And I don't know how historical mine is. Oh, there's like a cilantro-y aftertaste to this Clamato. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Blech. I'm really happy I did this. I'm not. Best three bucks is this, ever spent. Is this why you were five minutes late so you could buy this Clamato? No, I got that when I got the other things. All right. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I was five minutes late because of the stupid traffic in your stupid area of town. Hey. You know what would be great? This stoplight to take 20 minutes. You know what you should do? You should get off at the stop after the stop, after McCarran. I should. That's the better way to go. I know you guys are riveted by our local uh, Sparks traffic talk. (laughs) But not when you need to go to Lee's. Oh, you just go on El Rancho. We walked to Lee's last weekend. Oh, someone's getting brave yeah, and fit. We lo- no, we lo- I was like, let's walk to Lee's because we'll feel better about ourselves when we come back with a bunch of beer. <laughs> so we put the poodle in the poodle wagon. And you came back angry and sweaty, carrying beer and tired and went, No, Fuck no, Lee's. no. We have a poodle wagon. So we put the poodle in the poodle wagon, leashed up the two dogs, and then the poodle wagon's great because the poodle rides in it and there's room for the beers you buy. So then you just <laughs> carry your wagon home with your poodle in God. it. God. Damn it, Sasha! <laughs> it was what the are best. you? Uh, what are you talking about for Canada? Okay, so um, we are going back in time, not that far in time, actually. It's well, like the 1920s. You, oh, uh, mine's not that far back. Wait, no, it's not that far back. So um, <clears throat> we are talking about Brother Twelve and the Aquarian Foundation. Ooh. We're getting into some age of Aquarius, bitch. <laughs> but not really. I'd like to think that's what this song is about, but I don't think it is. So here here I, we go. I don't and, fucking know. And because it's my birthday, not only are we doing Canada, I'm doing one of my favorite topics, just in case you didn't figure it out by the fact that this is about somebody named Brother Twelve. It's a cult. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I had so no idea. All right. Edward Arthur Wilson was born on July 25th in 1878 in Birmingham, England. In 1902, he married Mar- Marjorie? The, you know, the chick from Game of Thrones. What was her name? Marjorie. Marjorie. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Clark in New Zealand, and the couple soon had two children. Random Westerosi aside there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, they moved to Victoria, British Columbia, Canada in 1907. I assume it was that at that time, not some weird province of <laughs> what year poutine, was it? 1907. Yeah, that was Canada. Okay. I just read Canada Day. 1867, yeah, Sasha. 1860 fucking okay. seven. <laughs> Calm down. In 1910, um, he abandoned his family, to, as you do, 
to become a sailor. I think he was like a merchant marine. I'm not really sure what merchant marines are, despite Marie's dad being a merchant marine. I mean, ask her. She's the authority. I know. But I think they're like marines, but merchanty. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I kind of want you to go work for the company that makes dictionaries. <laughs> I should. Slash a dictionary. <laughs> Vaguely describing words. Around this time. Using um, the words. <laughs> What does the mean? It's like the, the you, know? you know? It's like that thing you use. Um, around this time, he started to become obsessed with religion and the occult. In 1924, he left the seafaring life to study more in the south of France. Because when you think religion... You think south of France? You think south of France. I don't. I think Rome. I think south of France. Because I also like wine and being chill and... Wearing a bikini on the French Riviera. That's in the <laughs> south of France, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. I know where it is, and I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> uh, this is where he claimed he was contacted by the Masters of Wisdom, a.k.a. Uh, the Great White Brotherhood, which sounds a lot it like sounds, I, I'm pretty sure they weren't racist, but it sounds really Yeah, Nazi. if you call yourself the Great White Brotherhood. In 1924, yeah, you're probably not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're. I mean, it's one step off Aryan Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Uh, it's not a good look. No, neither is that Clamato. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to <laughs> you. And you said you weren't gonna sing. I didn't sing. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. So they represent the twelve planets. He was then chosen as a disciple of the twelfth planet, Aquarius. Because of this, he became known as Brother 12 or Brother XII. <laughs> or Brother Aquarius? No, just Brother 12. That seems really dumb when Not you have... Not Brother Aquarius. Literally, Brother Aquarius is a way better name than Brother Number. Nope, Brother 12. Uh, he traveled to England gathering supporters, claiming that he was the way to salvation and that he was going to create a utopia. His utopia was first located in Cedar by the Sea because apparently that's a name. Yeah. Whole name in British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. My favorite is Kingston upon Tim River, which is apparently a section of London. (laughs) It was a small town uh, on the coast of the Salish Sea, which I guess is a sea in Canada. I assume it's just a big lake. I don't know. I don't know geography. Um, (laughs) (laughs) God forbid you like research. Yeah. As he got more money from rich people, he bought two islands in the Salish Sea. DeCourcy Island and Valdez Island. These purchases. So his island purchasing was made in part due to. Wow. I kind of butchered that. Anyway, he was able to buy those stupid islands. (laughs) You butt butchered that. (laughs) Butt butchered. Uh, He was able to buy those islands because some chick, some rich widow from North Carolina named Mary Connolly Gave him over twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, Doesn't sound like a mon- lot of money. And then you remember when this all takes place, and yeah. you're like, "Fuck, she was loaded." Yeah, this was nineteen twenty four, and she was just like, "Yeah, you sound legit." So, Bro Twelve, of course, didn't like banks because you know the what cult reg- does the whole regulatory thing. Yeah, so he would actually make all his followers convert their money before like they gave their money to him into dollar I mean not dollar coins into gold coins he preferred american us $10 and $20 eagle gold coins i believe they were called okay and so 
in order to store them, he would put them in jars, glass jars, and fill those jars with wax and then bury them. Interesting. Yeah. And it's said that there are a bunch of those jars buried on the island. But Ooh. we'll get to that later. Ah. Yeah. And so... Want to go to Canada? <laughs> yeah, let's no do reason. it. No okay. reason. Let's do it. Cool. Uh, this actually brought on the first legal battle that the Aquarian Foundation slash Brother 12 had to face. So, the dun, dun, dun. secretary of the Aquarius Foundation, Robert England, who was actually a former secret service agent for the U.S. Treasury Department. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, went to the authorities claiming Brother 12 was embezzling money. Brother Te- 12 then did the thing like, you know, you should always do is <laughs> accuse them back. <laughs> I mean, that's my go-to defense. Yeah. Nuh-uh, you. Yeah, no, you. And so they were both brought up on charges of embezzlement. But the money in, char- uh, the money in question was supposed to be Mary Connolly's money. And when questioned in court, she was like, he can do whatever he wants with it. I don't think the mic picked that up. <laughs> He can do whatever he wants with it. There you go. <laughs> and um, and so the case was dismissed. Interesting. Uh-huh. There's not as much murder. In, there's no murder in this cult. Like, this is what annoyed me when researching it. They, like, alluded to murder, but they never talked about the murder. Interesting. Uh-huh. So that was a little upsetting to me. Well, it's like a homicidal cock tease. Yeah, it really felt like it. I know you're disappointed. I can see it. I really it. am. I can see it in your eyes how sad anyway, you are. Anyway, back, back to Bro 12. On a trip to New York, uh, on a trip back from New York, he ran into Myrtle Baumgartner, who was a doctor's wife on her way to California for these, a vacation. Can I also point out that these names at this time were fucking epic. Yeah, they're very 1920s, aren't they? Um, Myrtle Baumgartner. Yes. He... So Brother 12 was like, that is one foxy-ass lady. I got to get me some of that. <laughs> it's one foxy doctor's yeah. wife. So he was like, hey, you know what I am? I'm the reincarnation of Osiris. And you know what you are? You're the reincarnation of Isis. And we have to not, get... Not, not today's Not the terrorism, though. <laughs> if anything, the Isis from Archer. Yes. And he's like, we got to bang and create a savior for this world. That is a heavy sales pitch. Hey, she fell for it. So <laughs> she left her doctor husband. Good for her, And I guess. went with Brother 12 to his compound uh-huh. to have a baby that would help save uh, Earth. Keep in mind that Brother 12 didn't really mention a lot of this Osiris shit beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> like, so when he came back to the compound and was like, guess what, guys? I'm Osiris and this is Isis and we're going to bang in my secret cottage. <laughs> People weren't thrilled. I mean, um, I can't understand why. Yeah, and despite being, you know, a god, I guess, reincarnated god, uh, Myrtle wasn't able to have kids. She had a couple miscarriages and then went back to her husband, they say. She, that, that is a very understanding fellow. Sorry, I was tricked into believing I was the reincarnation of a god and went to have deity babies. Well, but I can't, so I'm coming back here. And he's like, "It's cool." I, I forget you. which article I was reading, but I guess somebody, like some mounty or something, spotted her one day, and they're like, "Oh, that's Myrtle Baumgarten." And then the rest of the article is like, "We assume she went back to her husband." <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Because we don't care. Yeah, her role in the story is done. So, um. 
Myrtle left, and then Brother 12, you know, you as a cult leader, you can't be banging. You always got to be banging. I mean, I think that's in the actual job description of a it's cult leader. It's always be banging. Always. Always. It's like... You know how in Glengarry, Glen Ross, ABCs always be closing? Yeah. Cult leaders, it's ABBs. Always, always be, be banging. banging. Yeah. And so he brought on Mabel, <laughs> such 1920s name, Mabel Skatow, who... Okay. How did he not say her name? Skatow! Skatow! Every time she like entered a room. Skatow. I think it's probably Skatow, actually. Skatow! Still super fun to say like that. Um, and she was referred to as Madam Z in the cult. Um, That's like... Creepy, she, right? She gets she gets freebie murders. Yeah. Like, well, and she kind of was. She was the taskmaster of the cult, and she was known to beat people with a riding crop who wouldn't like listen to her. And she was seen as the eyes and ears of Brother Z. So anything she did was basically sent down from Brother Z. Okay. Yeah. So in 1929, Miss Connolly, remember Mary from before? Yes. Uh, so she lost a lawsuit and that meant she lost all her money. Okay. So she didn't have any more money, which meant that her status in the cult was downgraded. See, before she used to live in the house, which they called, I believe, I want to say it was the mystery shack, but that's too much like Scooby-Doo. No, Gravity Falls. Oh, yeah. Because we have a Mabel and a mystery shack (laughs) and I think that's too much. But, uh. I'm going to go with Scooby-Doo then. Yeah. Um, so she was basically kicked out of the main house Jinkies. and she had to do manual labor and she wasn't young. She was like 60 plus. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> so, um, she suffered this way as a lowly part of the cult for three years. And then finally she was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just want my money back. So she sued brother 12 for the money. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sad it took her that long, but yeah. Yeah, so she went with another cult member, and they sued Brother 12, and the judge actually sided in the favor of uh, of her, Miss Connolly. Wow. And said that he had to pay her damages and stuff, uh, but... And stuff? And I, stuff. That's, that's a very archaic legal term, meaning things. Yes. Um, he actually had to give her part of the island. Oh shit! So that that was the stuff I was referring to. That, that's and a some, that's a big stuff and some cash money, um, but he didn't have to do any of that because instead he destroyed all the buildings on the island, blew up the boat that the cult owned, and took the tugboat and all his golden jars. He and Madame Z escaped into the night. Jesus! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like super villain esque. Yeah, uh, and and that's basically the end of the Aquarian Foundation. Although there is an Aquarian Foundation still around, but I don't think they're associated with Brother okay. Z at all. I was going to ask, like, are they affiliated? I don't think so. So on November seventh, nineteen thirty-four, Julian Churchton Skatow is pronounced dead in Switzerland by an Aquarian Foundation doctor. Suspicious. He is supposed to be Brother 12. Extra suspicious. But there have been, there were sightings of him years later in San Francisco. (laughs) So he might have died in Switzerland. He might not have died in Switzerland. And he might have taken all his gold with him. Or he might have left some on the island. To be fair, 
Switzerland has a very shady past uh-huh. reputation with whole hiding gold thing. And think about it. Like, if you faked your death in Switzerland in 34, you could have just gotten away with so much because the war was starting. Nobody gave shits about anything. Yeah. You could have just, like, under the radar it. Yeah, tensions were really high in that region. Yeah. And Switzerland, like I said, they're... Very loose laws regarding that stuff would have made them a favorable destination. So and same this, reason the Nazis went there. And this is another really quick fun story about Brother 12. So <clears throat> people thought, ah, oh, he must have left some of the, the gold on the island. So people would go out to the island and go digging. And yeah. it was rumored that he had cement like vaults buried all around the island to hold his gold. And somebody found one. <gasps> and inside there was just a note that said, traders get nothing. <laughs> Damn. Uh-huh. That's cold. Yeah, it was like traders and something end up with no money, and he, and he just played them all. That's epic. Yeah, so that's the story of British Columbia's little cult. Not a lot of murder, which is sad. <laughs> I, you're so disappointed. I was. But while researching this, I, I read an article called uh, The Murderers We Have Let Free, and because I guess they don't believe really much in the death penalty anymore, and they like will release people who've killed people, yeah, real quickly. And I was just like, these people suck. <laughs> oh wait, I got to do my uh, one last thing. I got all my information from oh. McLean's "The Weird and Strange Cult of Brother." Sorry, "The Weird and Savage Cult of Brother Twelve by Howard O'Hagan. Uh, published April 23rd, 1960. Ooh. I only do the most current sources. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Atlas Obscura, What Happened to the Cult Leader's Last Lost Treasure by Spencer Davis from December 2016. So Okay. I did have some more modern sources. All right. All right. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going to just drink this, like, bladder's worth of liquid. Good. Good. I hope you enjoy it. I'm not. Happy birthday. You suck. It's your birthday. And if you didn't see that coming, that's entirely on you. I hate you. <laughs> All right. So since we are doing uh, uh, Canada and history, mm-hmm. um, I so I initially wanted to talk about these surprisingly badass Canadian special forces. Yeah. It like might surprise people that they even have a military. They're called Mounties. Police, Sasha. Um, Canadian Mount. No, so the Canadian Special Forces. I'm not going to talk about it because it turns out the relevant history mm-hmm. is way too recent. Like, they didn't launch until the 90s. Yeah, that's a bit um, much. They're Joint Task Force 2, um, but I did want to throw it out there. They are still, like, the most efficient Taliban getters nice. to ever partake in the War on Terror, and nobody knew they were even involved until an American, like, snapped a photo of them and published it Claiming they were Americans and taking credit for all their kills. And Canada went, no. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, sorry about that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, not really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was no enhanced interrogation with the Canadian Special Forces. They went in, killed everybody, and then left, and nobody knew they were there. Kind of cool. Because nobody suspects Canadians. <clears throat> Nobody. It's like the butterfly. Nobody mm-hmm. suspects the butterfly. Nobody suspects See, Canada. if you really wanted to do them, you should have told me, and I could have done, like, a recent Canadian serial killer. Oh, I, uh, I, I, uh, I was inspired by this initial choice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because, also a callback to earlier, 
Uh, we did an episode on World War II heroes. We did. You had not heard of Audie Murphy. No. So I wanted to talk about Audie Murphy. Before we had, after we had initially discussed the topic, but before I discovered that, uh-huh. I had focused on this guy. I was going to talk about him mm-hmm. because he's very overlooked, but he's a badass. He's Canadian. His name is Leo Major. Okay. I've and, never heard, heard and, of him. And that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know much about Canadian history. Yeah, so he's. It's important to note because there's going to be naysayers like we're taking. No, he is nationally nationality Canadian. Lived in Canada for almost his whole life. Mm-hmm. Parents are Canadian, but he was born in Massachusetts. But nationality has 100 percent of his life been Canadian, or was. So 100% like, of it's his just life. people like trying to claim. Him as an American. I can see someone arguing it. That, oh, he was born in America. No, he's fucking Canadian. But he has Canadian citizenship. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he never had American were citizenship. Were his like parents just on vacation and was like, shit, the baby's coming. I, I think they were living here, but it wasn't like a permanent thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, like when he was like six months old, they went back to Canada. Okay, yeah, yeah. that doesn't count. Yeah, so he was born on January 23rd, 1921. Young Leo Major was. Mm-hmm. Uh. He had like an unhappy home life. Him and his dad get al- didn't get along, so he was raised by his aunt. That's about the only. <laughs> I'm notable... tired of this fucking kid. You take him, sister, I've... and raise him. When you hear the rest of this story, I think you're going to be like me. And his dad was like, "Get him away from me before he kills me." <laughs> so he joined the Canadian Army in 1940, and basically spent the entire time in the military, proving that he was an all-around, not to be messed with motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took part in the Norman invasion on June 6th, 1944. Uh, did a whole bunch of shit in Normandy surrounding that. Of the more notable incidents, uh, he fought eight SS soldiers hand-to-hand. Shit. Killing four of them. During the fight, one of the dudes threw a grenade at him, and uh, it, it hit Major, and mm-hmm. he lost an eye. And they were like, yo, that's it, dude. You can't, you can't be in the He's army like, no, anymore. No, 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 no. And he was like... So you know what he did? He just convinced everyone that you only need one eye to be a sniper. So they just let him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because you like close one eye when you're trying to focus through right? the sight anyway. Right? So yeah, you're good. So he was like, no, no, I can, I can totally be a sniper. And they were like, that's cool. And they'd seen him. They heard he just fought eight yeah. SS soldiers hand in hand. And they were like, you know what? Fair game. We're not well, going to tell you no. I assume they also gave him like a shooting test and be like, okay, show us how good you are at <laughs> pretty, sniping. Pretty much. We know you can stab Nazis. Yeah. Can you shoot can them? Can you shoot them? They're two different uh, things. I w- also would like to point out this this quote of his that I love about his extreme makeover. Mm-hmm. He approved of it, thought of it as an improvement because he, quote, looked like a pirate. <laughs> End quote. I mean, that is that is appreciating what God gave that you. That is a direct yeah. quote. You know, that's like the dude from 300 who loses the eye and he goes, I'm fine. The gods gave me a spare. Um, like, yeah, I've never seen 300. It's, you're not missing much. I feel like that might be our next movie episode. Okay. Um, so this is where his story gets really fun. Because Leo Major had a knack for getting entire German garrisons to surrender. <laughs> Like, just being a polite Canadian? <laughs> like, what's going on? The exact opposite. <laughs> I being <feel> a dick <laughs> American? <laughs> Almost. Um, and, and I swear I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking entire garrisons. So during the Battle of the Scheldt in late 1944, this uh, happened during Operation Market Garden when the Allies tried to invade the Netherlands. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> he was scouting the Netherlands town of Zeeland. 
And at one point, he found himself scouting alone. Mm -hmm. It was exceptionally cold Mm -hmm. and raining, and he didn't have any cover, and he was really pissed off. So he he decided he was going to take this out on some Nazis. We've all been there. So he sees two of them walking by, right? They're they're on patrol. They're Mm kind of walking past each other. He goes down. He captures one. He uses him as bait to kill the other. (laughs) Then he killed a few more. Then he figured out where the commanding officer was, found him, killed him, killed some (laughs) more Germans. And then eventually, after he just kept doing more of this, all sneaky-like, the entire German garrison just gave up. Like, they were like, we are not fucking with this guy. They probably thought it was like 20 people, but they were like, no, just one dude. He was doing this all like, I'm going to run around, I'm going to stab this guy, shoot this guy. Like, it was very clearly not a bunch of people. Yeah. It was just somebody being sneaky, sneaky. So all told, he ended up marching a hundred prisoners back to camp by himself. Okay. So <laughs> I know there's like honor in war and shit and that you like do a special code of conduct. But like, I would be like, okay, we surrendered. Let's see what's going on here. It's just this one little asshole. There's a hundred of us. Right. Let's take back our surrender and reconsider what we just did. So he's marching them back. I didn't write this down, so I probably will mix up some of the details. But on his way back with all these people, a bunch of other SS soldiers saw that all of their comrades had surrendered to one Canadian. And they started shooting their old own men because they were like, you dishonorable I mean, fucks. That is that is justified killing your, your comrades. Leo right Major completely ignored it. And when he got back to camp, he was like, he looked at a tank guy. He was like, hey, there were a bunch of SS soldiers over there. Go blow them up. And they did. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, I think the SS soldiers were right in this case. Like, it was one dude. Like, it was. give it a yeah. little bit more of a fight, you assholes. And here's the little exclamation point on the awesomeness that is that story. Uh, he was selected to receive the Distinguished Conduct Medal for this, which was like a super duper high award for the the British uh, Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the British General uh, Montgomery, who led the British forces, would have awarded it. Leo Major was under the impression that Montgomery was kind of a an incompetent prick and didn't deserve to hand out awards. <laughs> so he just refused it. He was like, nope. <laughs> I don't want a medal from that guy. So he just refused the damn thing. I um, mean, that's ballsy. Now, if you are in like a, what is it, like a six or seven act structured story where you have multiple like down moments. Yeah. This would be one of those moments. February of 1945. Major was riding in a truck that hit a landmine. Oh, shit. He broke his back in three places. Damn. He broke four ribs and he broke both of his ankles. Taken to a field hospital and told again. Yeah. Dude, the war is over for you. Like, this shit is done. It's like, no, 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 no. So a week later, he disappeared from the field hospital. (laughs) And in March of 1945, he returned to his unit. (laughs) I'm just kind of trying to picture how he landed in which he broke his back and two ankles. Well, the force from the the blast probably broke something. Okay, and then he, like... I imagine him like landing straight up and being like, what the fuck? I'll kill somebody. Give me my gun. (laughs) It's out of reach and I can't move. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so yeah, March of 1945, he ends up back with his unit. So April of 1945, two months after that, Mm -hmm. uh, his unit goes to Zwolle, Z-W-O-L-L-E. It's like like the Netherlands, but Zwolle. Zwolle. Um, It's also a town in the Netherlands. So Leo Major and another guy are ordered, hey, go in there, do some mm-hmm. reconnaissance, right? Well, the other guy got shot. 
and killed. This pissed Leo Major off. I mean, it seems like it would. So he killed the two Germans that killed his buddy. <laughs> then he ran into town, found a car being driven by a Nazi driver, and captured him and the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made him take him to the bar where the German commander hung out, found the German commander, and captured him. But in the first moment of him that sounds like stereotypically Canadian yeah. was like, hey... There's a shit ton of Canadians out there, and they are going to start bombing the fuck out of your village. They're going to kill your men and a bunch of civilians, so be cool and surrender. Yeah. And the guy was like, yeah, totally. <gasps> and Major was like, you know what? No, I'm going to be nice. And he let him go and even gave him his gun back. Oh, right? that is nice. And when the German guy didn't quite follow through, yeah. Um, he ran through town shooting Nazis and throwing grenades all over the place. And telling civilians to get the fuck out? Yeah. And then he successfully tricked the entire German army into believing that the Canadian force was assaulting the town. This time he did what you thought he did last time. Uh, He captured prisoners multiple times, Hmm. located and burned down the Gestapo headquarters. Nice. Then he located the SS headquarters and killed a bunch of people in there, accidentally discovering and preventing SS plans to infiltrate the Dutch resistance. (laughs) Like he was like, oh, hey, they're dressed like the resistance. Oh, this isn't cool. Bang, bang, and just killed those <laughs> I'll guys. I'll kill you all. <laughs> so by 4.30 that morning, uh, morning, he learned that the Germans had fled the town. The Canadians liberated it completely without uh, uh, opposition. And then they made contact with and began working with the Dutch resistance. This time, he accepted the Distinguished Conduct Medal. He was like, you know what? I earned this one. I earned this one. I'm still hurt. <laughs> Two months ago, I broke my back, ribs, and ankles. I'm, I, yeah, I earned I, this one. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, no offense to him, but he should die in battle because, like, when he hits like fifty and the arthritis sets in, it's gonna be worse than war. Right. Like, so that was it for World War Two, but like uh, most true military badasses, uh, he did not stop kicking ass, which is also where. Uh, at which point he went to Korea. It was like, hey, I'm going to go war over I there I didn't now. even know Canada was in the Korean War. I don't know if they were either, but he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I was born in Massachusetts. Can I just fight with you guys for funsies? <laughs> no. So uh, while in Canada, he earned a second Distinguished Conduct Medal Ooh. for his role in capturing and holding a strategically important hill during the first battle of Mariang San. Now, that sounds really kind of blasé, considering his earlier exploits. It was only him on the hill, wasn't it? <laughs> I need to go into a little context here. The United States 3rd Infantry Division lost that hill and tried multiple times to retake mm-hmm. it. The U.S. Army, in the U.S. Army, divisions comprise about fifteen to 20,000 men. Shit. Yeah. It was a big hill. They were probably in combat, so probably not that many of them mm-hmm. left, but still. It was an entire division. They lost it and failed to retake it. So they called up Leo. Leo Major and his 18 men. They were a scout sniper team, and they, they, were, they were good at kicking ass. And they sent them up to this little hill, and they retook it by themselves, right? Nice. Then the Chinese counterattacked. Two Chinese divisions, totaled about, about 14,000 men, mm-hmm. attacked this hill. So Major refused an order to retreat, and then spent the night just guerrilla warfaring the fuck out of the Chinese. <laughs> and at one point, uh. he like the Chinese got so close to him that he ordered artillery strikes on his own position. Dude. And he just lived through it and didn't give up the hill. 
So he got a second conduct medal for that. The war was over for him. He left. Uh, and then he became Canada's most prolific serial killer, didn't he? <laughs> he went home. He got married. He died in 2008. <laughs> With really bad arthritis, I'm going to say. I'm I, just taking a guess there. I can't find anything about that. Like, literally, I looked everywhere. Like, his death page on Wikipedia yeah. was like, he went home and died in 2008. He was survived by these people. They made a documentary about him in Montreal. Like, that was all there was. There no, was if, you nothing know why? about his life. You know why? Life. Because he was a massive serial killer and they're covering <laughs> it up. Because there's no way you kill that many people and don't enjoy killing. Like, I mean, hey. I'm throwing that out there a lot. I feel like we didn't have a lot of serial killers in the 19, like, 30s because they were over killing people yeah they got their fill yeah they got like, their fill they're like yeah. i got I, I got it i'm good thanks so anyway so that is the guy i mean i would say he's the exception that proves the rule of canadia's like constant politeness uh-huh. but then i like i don't believe in the exception that proves the rule yeah just know canada has earned the right to be called forever polite because if you insult them he will come back from the dead, Leo Major will, <laughs> and will kill you the fuck out of you. I mean, the thing is, what I hear about Canada is that they're a false polite. Like, they say sorry a lot, but it's, like, not authentic. <laughs> like, it's a, like, it's a custom, like, we ask, how are you doing as a greeting? Yeah. We don't care. Like, I feel like uh, Americans are pretty friendly. Too many of us are too friendly. Yeah, but then some of us are too hateful. You uh, you gonna finish your uh, your clamato over there, dude? I don't know if I can. I have like half of it left, but good thing we're recording another episode. Chug, chug, chug. Did you wait? Chug, it says do chug. not shake, but did you rotate gently to mix? Did you mix it with anything? No, but you. It just needs. It settles. It settles. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even finished my whiskey. I guess I could chug that in honor of my birthday. Yeah, but I also need to need to see you finish this uh, chilada. Uh, we're recording another episode after this, so I think this is a to-be-continued <laughs> episode. <laughs> Spoiler alert, everybody. We actually record our episodes a week apart. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would suck if I had to come back to a week-old chilada. That'd be great. It'd be horrible. It's been in the fridge uncovered for seven days. Ugh, I would cover it. I'd I put would, like I some let saran you. wrap with not, a ponytail or I would something. I wouldn't allow you. <sighs> Come on, finish your beverages so we can call it an episode. I can't finish. I'm telling you, there's like half of it left, and I've been drinking it steadily the whole time. <laughs> but I'll finish the whiskey. You entertain the troops. Uh. Oh, wow, your face. Wow. <laughs> Whiskey's not good to shoot like that, huh? It's not good whiskey. <laughs> I think it tastes rather delightful myself. Uh, it tastes like cough syrup to me, like straight I, up. I didn't get that aftertaste at all. Straight up NyQuil. No. Down my gullet. <laughs> this is the most entertaining thing for our, our troops to hear. It's just so gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while Sasha finishes this... This beverage she request. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Oh God, oh. it was so gross. Looked like there was gonna be a little bit of a uh, backwash there. A little bit <sighs> of uh, high-speed backwash. That's so disgusting. So uh, that's it for the episode. Happy birthday, Sasha! Happy birthday, Canada! Uh, you're now 152 years old. Good for it. Yeah. Looks good. It does. Not really. I mean, again. 
Canada's not perfect. I'm tired of people thinking Canada's perfect. It's not. But they're all right. I guess. For 150, they look good. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, they're not perfect. We've got 90 years on them and we don't look Have that Have you good. seen that video of the, the guy going to the end of the Trans-Canadian uh, freeway or highway? He's just freaking out about it. I'll show it to you. When okay. I told our number one fan, Molly, that we were going to do a Canada episode, she like demanded I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Anyway. All right. So that's it. Happy birthday, Canada. Happy birthday, Sasha. Yay, me. Uh, uh, as always, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yep. And as long as we're on that place, you can listen to us. So uh-huh. it's all listen good. Listen to us. Uh, Tell your friends. Follow us on uh, on Twitter and the Instagrams. The Instagrams. I usually post when I'm editing episodes, and it's usually a picture of what booze I'm drinking. Although I really need to stop drinking during the week because I don't want to be on my 600-pound life. But... Think about how we could get the podcast out there if I was on my 600-pound life. You start gaining weight. Go. Uh-huh. I'll get and the camera. And I just tattoo it on all my fat rolls. So, like, whenever they see, like, the camera towards my fat rolls, <laughs> when I'm washing myself with a rag on a stick, oh, that's it just gross. says lax historical context <laughs> on my big fat roll. <laughs> oh, man. This is oh. going to be the best, best press ever. I'm going to have left the podcast also <laughs> also breast press because uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on my boobs you're too. gonna butcher all the words uh-huh. all right so that's it uh as always when you tell your friends about lax historical context tell them we said something interesting